Memphis It was Part 3 of El Politico is recorded at approximately 1.30pm on the 16th of March 2023. And Paul, we're going for an all-out record. Uh, not one, but two, but, but three. Okay. But listen, uh, w- 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 the theme we've had, we- we've spoken about people that maybe have um, stayed on the stage too long, didn't get off the stage. The trying to get the, back on the stage. Trying to get back on the stage. And, you know, we might play a bit of a song about um, surf or stage surfing, you know, uh, and all the rest of it. We're, we're going to come back uh, to our own neck of the woods now and we're going to come back to Ireland and uh, we're going to talk about political events. And I suppose, in a way, uh, you know, there's timing and everything else like that. And we're going to discuss timing uh, with regards to maybe future events in, in a few minutes. But um, the biggest political event probably of the last three, four weeks. Do you want to tell me yeah. what, it, what it's about? Yeah, I suppose we do um, a slight change in, 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 our, um, in, in, in our makeup of the political party that is the Social Democrats. Um, I suppose the first thing to say, the um, joint leadership. Okay, at one stage, you had three leaders um, in the Social Democrats. You had Stephen Donnelly, you had Roisin Shortall, and you had Catherine Murphy. Stephen Donnelly then left the Social Democrats, joined Fianna Fáil. And look where he is and now. And became a minister um, in the 2020 government. He's a current minister in the, in, 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 in the coalition government. So actually, the interesting thing, you, you don't get to see it that often, um, where political leaders get to choose the timing of their departure and that is what Roisin Shortall and Catherine Murphy actually managed to achieve without much fuss. Um, the Social Democrats, they had a good general general election in 2020. I think they have six seats um, in the current Dáil, um, four women and two men. Um, they have about 20, 25 odd county councillors. I remember here in the last, in the 2019 local election, interviewing Rebecca Doyle here locally of Scarif, who stood for the Social Democrats in the Killaloo electoral area. Um, again, the breakdown there, probably two thirds, if not more, maybe three quarters women county councillors, one quarter men county councillors dotted right around the country. Um, maybe more so um, in the kind of commuter belt of Dublin and Dublin itself, kind of Kildare, which you would expect with the likes of Catherine Murphy there as a significant TD there for years. Um, Catherine Murphy and Roisin Sharta would have come, I suppose, um, in their political journey from the, the left of the Labour Party would be Roisin Shortall. And I think Catherine Murphy, um, a very, very, very able um, doll performer, might have come from, if I'm not mistaken, the Workers' Party and then perhaps... Jim Kemmy's Democratic Labour Party and has been elected as an independent and then created the Social Democrats. So two doughty, strong, decent, good, quality Irish politicians who decided to get off the stage. Um, I don't want to say this without sounding about middle-aged, um, middle to late, late age, late middle age um, women um, deciding to, to, to now depart from their leadership role and you had a very brief, um, you, you had no contest as such. There was some talk. There was a discussion. There was a discussion. Uh, on Twitter for uh, a while. Was that what it was? a Twitter yeah, again, yeah, was yeah, it? Yeah, was it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and you subsequently, I think one, one, Gary Gannon or Keanu Callaghan, I think would be the, they'd be the two yeah. um, male um, TDs. Then you have Jennifer Whitmore in Wicklow. Um, you have Russian Shartal, Catherine Murphy, um, one Dublin Northwest, one Kildare. And you have... 
And then oh, I'm, I'm then somebody. Holly Kearns. Holly. Yeah, Holly Kearns is, yeah. is, is, is the, and she's down in Cork and South ha- West. And Holly is the outlier in that for a few reasons in that she's nowhere near the commuter belt Paul. oh my god no you you're know? as far away from the commuter belt as you possibly uh, exactly. can be Cork South West Cork South West and in her constituency office uh, Paul I can confirm for you <laughs> is in Bandon because I was down there a few weeks ago and I passed by the sign for her okay, office okay very uh, good Bandon in, one in, of those in, in yeah. Bandon you know you're talking about towns Skibbereen Bandon Clannacilty Dunmanway that's your constituency right down onto Mizzen Head yeah. Um, yeah, PJ uh, Sheehan used to be a, a Fine Gael TD and he was down Goleen, Mizzen Head. Um, yeah. A very traditional, a most significantly traditional constituency. A three-seater has always returned kind of two Fine Gael, one Fine Fall, um, sometimes two Fine Fall, one Fine Gael. But more yeah. often than not, two Fine Gael, one Fine Fall. There was a... Um, in the Eamon Gilmore surge in 2011, Michael McCarthy from Labour, from Dunmanway, was a TD there for a number of years. But again, yeah. more often than not, in fact, no, always, two Fine Gael, one uh, Fine And fall. a bit like Claire last time round, all the ones, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah <laughs> and, yeah. Ho- and Holly, got, Holly got elected. Interestingly, actually, there's been a slight fly in the ointment there since 2016, in that you have a kind of Michael Collins, who is a, I suppose, Fianna Fáil DNA, but independent mm. now at this stage and has really bedded himself in strongly in that Cork Southwest constituency. Um, he'd be really close, if you want to call it a Healy Ray party. He'd be just at the other side of the... the, the, the Kerry border. The Kerry border. What's that pass? The Healy Pass. You know, they'd, they'd, be, they'd be very close to each other in politically and geographically and everything and the way they operate. And cuteness. And cuteness. That's just it. So he has kind of spoiled, if you want to, well, he has spoiled the Cork South West, but that was nothing compared to what happened in 2020. Fine Gael now have no seat um, in Cork South West. I think that could be the first time since um, the foundation of the state that Fine Gael don't have a seat in Cork South West. And Holly Kearns um, was elected. I suppose people would look back at it then, you would see, if you look, it, her, 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 her electoral trajectory is fascinating to look at. Um, first elected in the 2019, which is only um, four years ago, in the 2019 local elections. Got involved politically, I think, with some of those referenda um, um, the the marriage referendum and and the abortion referendum and got involved politically in those um, in the kind of mid twenties twenty fifteens that kind of time and got elected in the county council in twenty nineteen and really fascinatingly it just shows you the elegance and the beauty of the Irish system got elected on about the sixth or seventh count by one vote, vote. one vote it just shows you the power of the single transferable vote in the proportional representation system somebody in Dunmanway or Clannacilty or Skibbereen or Goleen decided I give Holly Kearns a number four or a number five and by the time you got to the seventh count in the local election, she managed to get her nose ever so slightly in front of another independent candidate. So here she is now, elected then in 2020, managed to break up the hegemony that was <clears throat> Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael and Cork South West for generations and win a seat for the Social Democrats. And as you rightly say, a total outlier when it comes to um, where it is that they were attracting their vote from. Social yeah, Democrats. I, I, and now I, she's leader. Exactly. And I suppose, Paul, we, we should sort of uh, say without trying to sound too sexist about it here because we're... Uh, both male and pale, uh, male, pale, stale, and stale, stale. obviously. <laughs> uh, and uh, it was International Women's Day there a few That's weeks right. ago, and they said it was Men's Day every other day of the week, apparently. But they haven't told us about it. But th- this is a, a case of, uh, and I'm, I'm, I, I don't mean this in any derogatory fashion whatsoever. It's actually meant to be uh, what I would, I would hope it is, uh, comes across as a sensible comment. 
the two ladies that formed the Social Democrats, uh, we've interviewed them. We've had we had yes, them here. they were here, they're, in, the they're here, right, here we were in the studio. We did that, yeah. We were Rebecca previously. Two ladies of conviction. Yes, and uh, to be admired. Absolutely. Okay. I think very much to be admired. Uh, you come across a lot of people in the political uh, spectrum and people are in it for various reasons and all the rest. But uh, I have to say of the people that we've interviewed over the years, two people, they'd be amongst the top level of people mm. that I would have a level of yeah. admiration for. And take political uh, opinions or everything else like that out of it, just the way they conduct themselves and yeah. what they believe in. Very much to be admired. Uh and I alluded to earlier, you know, how how did this all come about? Uh, the Cork Southwest TD took to Twitter confirmed to confirm she would put herself forward for election, and saying that she was excited to do so. We read Gary Lineker's tweet earlier, and uh, <laughs> she announced, uh, and the quote is, "I'm excited to announce that I'm putting myself forward to be the next leader of the Social Democrats." Right, and in a way, it was. Um, no drama, no backbiting, and I'm I'm going to allude to the Greens a little bit here. Yeah, in that the Greens would put themselves across in a certain manner as to how they do things and be open and transparent, but the Greens can sort of create a crisis out of something so small. An internal crisis. An internal crisis. with themselves. You know, and yes. we we can allude to that a little bit. You know. Yeah. Whereas this. Uh, to me seems to be uh, you start to say it right the message is on point it was clear it was uh, you know very clear to see and there was no big drama yeah. in relation to it yeah. and you now have uh, the the youngest political leader in the country mm. uh, is female mm. and 33, years, 33 of age. years of age and you would think probably of a new younger, obviously, generation. So it's going to be very oh, yeah. interesting. Well, I think she explicitly, her first um, her first leader's questions in the doll, she explicitly, and this I mean, will give an indication of where it is that she um, proposes perhaps to take the party. Um, her very first leader's questions, she was explicitly making that point, you know, that she was of that generation. Now, I think the way she, she couched it in terms of she is of that generation, now the first generation that will be... Now, this is debatable. This is a debatable point, but it's a political point. She's the first generation that will be less well-off than what it is their parents have been. We, we've always economically yeah. developed or gotten better um, as, 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 as demographically we have changed. So she was making that point. So I think she's staking out that ground hugely, um, that she is part of this um, young that um, be political able to buy, class. Yeah. And that's, you see, you can see that right around the world. You can see that with Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand. You can see it with the fin- uh, Finnish Prime Minister. You can see it, because well, maybe some of these careers haven't lasted as long. You saw the Austrian Prime Minister there. He's gone now as well. The, the yeah. Jacinda Ardern has decided to get off the stage. Um, yes, it is definitely... Um, a new, um, a, is it a, that's, a, that's a cliched phrase, a new politics. Who knows? It's hard to it, say. It's, certain, it's uh, a new dynamic, Paul. Because, it's a dynamic. And, you know, you, you look at opinion polls over the last period of time and Sinn Féin are still out there in mm. front and you have Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael and then you have the rest. Yeah. You're okay? And I just wonder, you have opinion polls and then you have how people think yeah. and how people would vote yeah. and I just wonder have the social democrats the potential to be 
uh, a little bit like we alluded to the Alliance Party in the North. Yeah. To be to become a party that aren't Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael, a.k.a. the old regime that's been there for years, yeah. aren't Sinn Féin in that some people might not be happy to vote for them mm. for political and historical reasons. Yeah. And, and uh, to a certain extent because um, there are still a lot of questions about their economic and you know the policies mm. that they would uh, mm. carry out if in power. And could it be that the Social Democrats have the potential and it would be a question of can they get enough candidates and can they gain enough exposure to appeal to an older generation because I think they have the potential to appeal to a younger generation that's following them on Twitter or the likes of social media. Yeah. They're not tainted by mm, the past. Mm, mm. The, the potentiality is there, definitely, absolutely. Okay, if you look at all the ingredients, you've got a leader now that's 33 years of age, um, um, has performed well. I would say we mentioned her here, I think, yeah. in our kind of political awards a yes. year ago. She's performed well in the door. She doesn't um, have a huge profile, but then no, again, but you need to build she that. She has done well. She, yes. I, I think she has done quite well, and you can build that. That's one side of it. Um, so that's the advantage there. You've got. So what then? You have to start putting meat on the bones politically. You know, people will be now starting to focus. Well, this is about elections. We're talking about elections here today. People will be starting to focus on, as you say, the policies that the parties produce. It's hard. The only reference she has made so far to the policies, to specific policy, is that she will pursue the housing crisis and she will ensure that Slauncha Care... Now, Slauncha Care has the fingerprints of Roshin Shortall all over it, so she's saying that. So that's the only policy platform that she's outlining or that they're outlining at the moment. Um, they will most definitely need to put a lot more... Um, there's definitely a bounce, and there will be a bounce on the basis of charismatic, um, presentable leadership. But when you get into the white heat of an election campaign over the next 18 months, you know, when you have Leo Varadkar will be passing his kind of smart comments across the doll or out on the hustings as we go out to kind of um, um, debate the issues, then the different temperature, the different environment will be in place. So she will need a strong um, canon of um, political ammunition if she wants to get out there and wants to make a significant impact. If you take a party something similar in size, maybe where they started, but they came from the white heat of the 1980s, the Progressive Democrats, which would be the last smaller party um, that might have kind of came from nowhere and kind of had a significant influence, and that would be under Des O'Malley. Their modus operandi, their raison d'etre at the start was about tax reform. There was a single identifiable issue that they were associated with. It's hard at the moment to see that with the Social Democrats. It's a little bit fuzzy, um, kind of all things to all men. And they might need to stake out some ground for themselves yeah. in the next, in a short, in a very short period, actually, um, that's no. This this is old political thinking. I would classify myself now as an hmm. as older political thinker. Maybe this age of social media and presentation might be and enough. Bites, I yeah. suspect they'll need a little bit more. Um, they need to put a bit of meat on the bone, meat on the bones from of what it is from the policy point of view. But the foundation and the structure is relatively sound, relatively solid with the work it is that Catherine Murphy and Roisin Shortall have done. Let's see now. Can they bring it on? 
another level. And believe, absolutely, as you outlined there, Luke, there will be people looking very closely, more so than any party, they will be looking very closely at what it is the Social Democrats um, will offer in the next general election. Because as you say there, they tick a lot of boxes. They tick change. Um, they they're, take, they're not linked they, they're not linked with the past. To, to, to the past. So there's a lot of things that could be. But again, people are, are, people are sophisticated in their electoral choices. And if you can see this, and this is maybe meant to kind of destabilise and undermine them a little bit as well. Everybody now talks about them in terms of coalition partner with Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael in the next general election. That's meant to, you know, that's meant to disrupt and, and upset the Social Democrats. But it just shows you where it is that you are. You know, to create a government you you will need to be a party of a kind of a certain mass at that kind of, well, maybe you might even go to a four-party coalition, six or seven seats might be, but mm. kind of 15, 12, 15 seats might be what's needed, you know, that type of thing. So it'll be interesting to watch. I do think, I do think myself, though, you will have to, you'll have that bounce initially now, but I think you'll need to put some serious meat on the bones of what it is the party actually stands for. It'd be interesting. We talk about the leaders and the impact they have had, and it has been very much a personality-driven, in, in, notwithstanding the fact that they do seem to work cohesively quite well, but it has been a personality-driven um, um, entity, even if you take it as a three-way leadership initially. It, that would almost like define it's been personality-driven, that they couldn't decide amongst who's going to be a leader. So it just needs more meat on its actual bones and that needs to be done pretty quickly. What would be really interesting now is to see who's going to be in the background, who's going to be the... Who is the General Secretary of... That's when we check out that. Who is the General Secretary of the Social Democrats? Who in broader society is saying, I like what it is the Social Democrats are actually doing there? Yeah. How do they evolve into that party? Yeah, I, I suppose... That's it, what would be fascinating If we just look a little bit detached uh, from things at the minute and you, you would say the, 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 me, the, 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 the message... Uh, the, the message that, you know, the political parties are putting out there. People will know what Fianna Fáil are about. People will know what Fine Gael are about. Yeah. People will know what Sinn Féin are about. You're right to a certain extent. There's not a huge amount out there that people know what uh, the Social Democrats are mm. about. Now, th- that may be for good and it may be for bad. And as you said, maybe the, the messaging is what they need to, um, I, I suppose, define the pol- policies that, and where, you know, what grounds do they want to fight on? I, I think myself, if you're looking at it, it, it's going to be interesting to see who are they going to target mm. because are they going to target uh, the the existing government yeah Fianna Fáil Fine Gael and maybe to a lesser extent the Greens and sort of say right housing healthcare mm. everything else like that or are they going to say well we actually have economic policies. We actually have, you know, thoughts and opinions on certain matters and that they could target Sinn Féin by um, having what we'd call normal, you know, uh, a normal uh, discussion with regards to the economy and what they think you need to have a working economy where some of the Sinn Féin policies in relation to the same are. They're not, they have, they have gestures but ask for specifics, yeah. and the specifics aren't usually yeah. there. I, I don't think they're going to be. There's not. I don't believe there's going to be a social democratic wave. Oh, because they, they, politics is so peculiar. No, you, you can't be sure. I would just call it. No, I would say there won't be a wave. So it's how do you maximise your return? How do you get the best return? Yeah. Do you identify um, twenty constituencies? Because because the question has to be asked. They have six TDs, twenty five councillors. Yeah, you, you know, give or take. Yeah. Um, 
they're potentially facing a similar issue that Sinn Féin had last time around in yeah. that have they enough candidates? Yeah, well, this is it. Well, like, do you, is it, do have, you, have they the ability yeah. to do it? Do you put a candidate up in Mayo or Donegal South West? You know, realistically, you know, seriously, yeah. realistically, can you, well, look, at, have, look, look, we're talking about the leader now who won a season in Cork South West. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm being daft about this, but is it, do you target that belt around Dublin? You know, uh, I, I, do, I don't see... And it's, it's early days in relation to her leadership of it. I don't see a massive national movement just yet in it. I don't see a massive change in politics in it yet that kind of creates they, a kind of a tidal would, would wave. Would they need to get younger people? And, and this is where the irony no. of it being. Could they get a few younger people that are maybe... Uh, active slash on social media you know, with that's, political you see, thoughts. That's, if, if you look at the strengths of what the party is and she's outlined her strengths that she's young she just take that on its own. Um, I mean, I'm not being ageist about this in the way that you weren't trying to be ageist a minute ago about the other side of the, 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 the age of, of the outgoing leaders. But yeah, if that's your strength well then you should be playing to your strength. You really should be playing to your strength. So try and bring that vote um, actually with you. Look, we'll start to see more of her as she starts to perform um, on the yeah. national political stage, but she's because she would have stood out as a as a, you know you see the intake of TDs. She was there as a backbench TD. She would have stood out to me, and that's why we mentioned her in our political awards a year yes. and a half ago. She would have stood out as a TD. I thought she handled you know there was a connection here with County Clare in that one of our sitting TDs here liked a tweet in relation to her opinion on the greyhound industry, or somebody created a, yes. a tweet about the silly little woman and the greyhounds, and a, 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 a TD here, Joe Carey, unfortunately liked that tweet. She handled that. Quite gracefully, he had yes. to apologise, but she didn't make a big song and dance about song it. and dance about it. I thought I said, mm, "This one has political brains." Yeah. You know, she, she's you know she's she's not she's not just going to be hysterical about about every issue that comes along. So um, interesting, definitely um, yeah. good to see something changing. A exactly, bit. yeah. So uh, it'll be exactly. good, a good one to watch. Yeah, no, and I suppose Paul, we we're just going to finish up this uh, part of the, the debate, and I, I'm going to throw a fly in the ointment to you. The next elections in Ireland, in the Republic, should be the council elections mm. in uh, May next May. year. And we'd have European elections Europeans in the same, same time. Same and time you'll probably have that well. referendum on the woman's place in the home that Leo Bradker announced on International Women's Day. Okay. You might have that around yeah. that date. Yeah, you, well, you, you, you never know. But I'm going to throw a fly in the ointment <laughs> to you now, right? Riddle, riddle me this. The existing government... Um, I, I don't know how popular they are, how unpopular they are, but uh, healthcare and the cost of living crisis and everything else mm. like that, they're sort of there and we're sort of ploughing along. Could they get to a stage where they decide um, budget time October, we'll try a bit of a giveaway and we'll go to the country? Because history has indicated, they can stay until February 2025. Yeah. History has indicated in the past that if you try and wait and tough it out to the very end, you invariably perform worse than mm. if you may, might yeah. have gone earlier. Yeah. Discuss. Each of the last, um, since 2016, each of the last two elections, that is the scenario that outlined. And Kenny was advised to go early. Um, he chose not to. And Fine Gael lost votes and lost seats. The same thing in 2020. Um, left it to the, left it till very late. And again, um, went down. Look, the whole thing is very fractured now. But if if there is to be an election, well, it, the only window it can happen in is next November. Yep. Because at that prior, point, prior to, at that point, yep. you have prior local elections. Yep. You, have, you have local elections coming up in the following May. So it can only be either November um, of 
this year um, or possibly the end of 2024 20, yeah. or early 2025. Yeah. Maybe in autumn. autumn I, I, I wouldn't rule it out. I think Varadkar is... <laughs> Varadkar would be a student of politics. He would also be quite um, hubristic in his own way. Um, he's carry on in the first couple of months of this coalition government was very destabilizing. I think if he wanted to destabilize a government, I think he could. Very quickly. Very quickly. Um, it's early days in this second tenureship that he has, but I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. But then having said that, then Fine Gael have been in government since 2011. Just take up the Fine Gael part. They've been in government since 2011, no more so than the Tories since 2010 in the UK. They're looking a bit jaded and tired as um, as a political entity of government now at this stage. And they would have even said it themselves in 2020. A lot of people within the Fine yep. Gael party wanted to get out and have a period um, of reflection in opposition. Look, we have a more fragmented system here. Who knows? Who knows what will what, what, what happen? The, the well, I wouldn't bit, rule out yeah. a November election Yeah, I suppose the, the only thing that's confirmed is that basically, you know, we are in a coalition era and I don't think it's going away anytime oh, soon. Oh, no, no, it's coalitions, you know? yeah. And, it's coalitions. I, you know, I think people that might talk about Sinn Féin winning all before them in the next election, and I I still would maintain my thoughts that they are probably going to be the majority party unless mm. something changes drastically between here and the election next time around. I, I'm, I remain to be convinced that they will have enough to form a government on their own. Oh, no, they will not. So therefore, then no. the question arises... Who are they going to go in with? Yeah. Uh, if you called it at the minute, I'd say the chances of Fine Gael would be fairly slim to non-existent. Mm. I wouldn't rule out Fianna Fáil. Not at all. And you couldn't, you wouldn't rule out the Greens or the Social Democrats. Uh, again, we don't know. The other we interesting don't thing, after the figures from the census, we know, I think, is it six extra seats um, in the next doll? I think we'll have six extra seats, which then means we have three extra seats to create a government. So that means you have to get to 83. Yep. I think at the very least... I think you'll need three parties in the next. I yep. think you'll need three parties in the next yep. government. Whoever and it is, they are. Yep. I don't know, but I think you will need three parties. And again, if we're going on the historical side of things, uh, and you talk about coalitions and who generally gets dumped on, we'll say at the election after the mudguard co- the, party, the, co- the coalition, uh, it would potentially be that the green the green party this time take a bit of a uh, a beating just from a numbers point of view they've 12 mm. at the minute and what they could wind up with and you could say is there a potential for the social democrats to take up some yeah. of that slack yeah look the thing you about know? the greens at the moment look they're they're ideologically driven they're trying to get their big um policy ticket items through the doll they're not necessarily fighting on the ground that's their political strategy but they do seem to be having these weird internal political battles and between again, staff and TDs More tweets and between TDs and, and TDs messages, messages, between yeah. leaders and deputy leaders I have a feeling that they could um, eat themselves you know that type of a political yeah. party seems it just seems there's a strange dynamic within that political party at the moment definitely yeah. definitely. Uh, and it, again as it's the small things that can get you but they're they say that they're trying to you know work on the bigger ticket issues now the one thing I'll sort of come back and uh, uh, point the finger at is the whole issue in relation to offshore wind 
Oh yeah, right. Oh, and what? I keep it for the media show. show. No, yeah. but but time, Paul. Time. Yeah. You're talking about this, and you said right. The regulatory body doesn't exist yet. Oh, sure They've I been saw. in power for two and a half, you know, two and a half years. Yeah. And I said it's it's a it's a sign of this country that we just do not oh, plan, I saw, plan, I, yeah. plan. I saw the, I saw the, I saw some of the releases again, presenting it as if it's a fait accompli. It's all sorted. Sure, we're because they were so non-advanced yeah. with respect to that and, and you need issue. to look at it would say other countries European countries and said they are far more advanced yeah. but anyway listen that, that's to, yeah. a debate for another that's time and uh, do you know what we might send out an invitation to uh, Miss Cairns and see would she come on and have a chat with us because it would be, 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 yeah. be, be, be a, a, a nice one to get Paul uh, it's time for you to um, uh, you're under pressure you need to get out of here we're going to play a song in your honour and uh, all going well after the break we'll try and have a few words with our political correspondent uh, editor of News and Sport for Clare Echo and that will be one Park McMahon so Paul thank you for your time and we'll talk again soon Thank you Luke Now, Paul has taken his leave and we are joined on the phone by Head of News and Sport with Claire Echo, who is uh, talking to us uh, by the medium of Bluetooth technology on his hands-free phone, uh, Park McMahon. So, Park, good afternoon to you and thanks for taking the call. Good afternoon, Luke. Now, Park, uh, we have been talking in... Uh, political terms about the Irish situation and Holly Cairns taking over as leader of the Social Democrats. We're going to bring it back a little bit more local now and talk about, we'll say, politics in County Clare. And recently in the uh, Clare Echo, and it's available, they were available, we'll say, with the subscription and also in the, the print paper, uh, Park, you ran uh, a series of interviews. Would you just give us a run through uh, what you did and give us your thoughts on the interviews that you had and any ramifications from same. Yeah, so look over the course of uh, four weeks, so we did a four-part series three years on from the 2020 general election just to sit down with each of the TDs in the county, maybe put them under a bit of pressure with regards to the key issues that people are telling us about on a weekly basis and um, question them on some other topics that might have uh, emerged within their own careers and to you know get their responses maybe on solutions and potential policy ideas that, that they have um, so we started off with Joe Carey then we went Carl Grove, Michael McNamara and Kyle Shantwick we obviously did it in alphabetical order to you know to be as fair as we could um, and it was a two-page spread in the paper for every single one of them then which only two pages it will take only a certain amount of stuff whereas everything else is going online on the subscription service as you mentioned and um, you know there's even more articles from it that haven't been written because we were sitting down with each each of them for an hour or so if not more and you know they were on the record for that full period so there's a lot of stuff to get out of that um, and a lot of topics that we've covered and we continue to, to publish articles on that maybe for the next two weeks possibly there, there's still be stuff going up on, on our website for that. 
Okay, and uh, so we've alluded to there, Porik, with the subscription model that you have. So you, you, you have the floor here for the minute. Tell us about the subscription model that you have. And I know you have a recent new offering there in a yearly subscription as opposed to the weekly. So tell us about what you have there. Absolutely, yeah. So the, the subscription service, service is basically uh, a certain amount of verticals behind the paywall. So they're dubbed as premium content. Um, so it's basically giving the people of Flair and beyond uh, the diaspora of Flair as well to, to support us in our efforts to produce produce what we'd like to think is quality journalism. So, you know, for argument's sake, that four-part series, everything we did on that, that went up online, went behind the paywall because of the, maybe just to indicate the amount of time that was involved in doing it um, in terms of research and preparation and then counter-checking stuff that was said um, by, by the TDs. So... That's one example of which we obviously, as you mentioned, have the annual subscription. And um, this week we have announced a new competition, whereas people that sign up to the annual subscription and current members that have signed up for the 13th of March will be entered into a draw to win two flights to Paris. Um, so we're running that in association with Shannon Airport, and it's a great prize, a nice little incentive to, to get people signed up and support their airport, maybe. And of course, they'll be supporting Shannon Airport for a time, but they'll. Uh, maybe be able to get a memorable trip to France as well out. Indeed. Okay. Well, listen. That, that that's a nice one, and uh, I, I was that was a question. That you, you answered it before. I could I could ask it. I said once I heard mention of two free flights to somewhere. I said, well, if these aren't from Shannon, there'll be trouble, Boric. But uh, <laughs> good to see that the echo is uh, keep keeping it local. Uh, just in relation to the interviews, Boric, that that you had, um, I said, you, you know, you you have your your finger on, on 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 the ground with regards to a lot of the issues that are going on, and I'm sure you're getting calls into the paper in relation to issues. Um, outside of what we call the headline issues, and I, I presume the main headline issues are still in relation to the regional or the University Hospital in Doyle, um and healthcare and, we'll say, the housing situation. What are the other topics that are um, coming to the fore, we'll say, from the people of Clare? And we'll say the general political reaction or lack of reaction to same. Could you give us your thoughts on that? Yeah, so just I suppose the first thing to say is you're 100% right. I couldn't question the, the forum of what was the most common issue their constituency office contact about, and it's health and housing. So the other issues then that should be maybe to be dependent on, on, on who you're talking to. There's um, obviously the Shannon Heritage transfer or something that's affecting the maybe not, it maybe hasn't encapsulated the whole attention of the whole county. Um, and it's, that's, I suppose, the pockets there that it's affected the Bunrashi, Castle and Folk Park, Nicole, and Craigenone, and the, the retail outlet of the Fifth of Moore as well. The Irish has been a, a scandal, I guess, that has been there for about two years as well. Um, but then, I guess you maybe drum it down a bit, you're, you're getting a bit more local as opposed to countywide. Um, which we obviously, it's something I discussed on Scarab Bay before, is the, the fact that 50 to 52 settlements. The towns and villages in Clare don't have adequate wastewater treatment plants and will be exempt from you know, housing developments in the future, which could be argued is acceleration of the decline of rural Clare. So again, when you, once you maybe strip away from the health housing, your Shannon Airport and your tourism, economy side of things, employment, education, then you're getting down into the minutiae of what is very local and ultimately our TDs today, question I put to Joe Carey is 
his, his job more akin to county councillor because they're getting phone calls about potholes, be it in Clare Castle or Wayne or wherever it is. Whereas that's a job you consider should be ringing our county councillor for. So maybe that's something the public have to consider as well. Are they, obviously, they feel their issue is the most important, but ringing a TD about a pothole isn't maybe the most strategic thing to be doing for County Clare. Yeah, and I suppose that alludes back to historical reasons, Porrick, I suppose, not just in Clare, but probably elsewhere, in that sometimes if you need to get stuff done, you need to go to someone close enough to the top that has the influence to try and get it done. And there may be that perception out there that the councillors uh, can't get it done. But what we should be realising is that uh, the councillors in all the electoral areas have a significant amount of um, sway in what can happen. But you alluded there, we'll say, to uh, the the lack of uh, sewerage in the number of villages around the county and then you have the ad- adaptation of the county development plan in recent weeks which has been controversial enough as well in relation to talks about dezoning lands um, that's probably not a big political issue but it's probably more an issue that w- will be of prominence in the next few years ahead because it has a political connotation in that you alluded to you know the rural depopulation of uh, County Clare not just Clare I'm sure it's other counties around the country as well and the migration of people towards t- uh, bigger towns and cities Absolutely and again maybe that's to be back in the public with Joe Blogs or Mary Blogs did they pay enough attention to the county development plan because it would appear the people putting the most pressure on the politicians in those cases are people that are looking to get land zoned possibly their own personal gain whereas people outside the 52 settlements where they pay enough attention is something to consider but it was passed um last thursday to meet especially the clare county council and you know while no councillor voted against it they all gave the view or not all of them the vast majority get the view that this isn't our plan and that they're being dictated to by outside influences such as the Office of the Planning Regulator or the OPW um, and Irish Water, of course, who are heavily responsible with, with regard to the issue we're discussing with 52 towns and villages. So that's a small bit of a worry that our councillors who are elected don't even feel that it's their plan. Um, and uh, PJ Kelly, longest serving councillor, said that in a way they're being dictated to on what they can do. And I suppose that would go back to a more national issue in that if we don't want, uh, you know, if if we don't want the powers that be, and generally the power in this country emanates out of Dublin, if we don't want them writing dictates down to every co- county, you know, on the western seaboard or uh, inland a little bit, sort of telling them what to do, that uh, at maybe a general election we need to sort of uh, ch- change the lie of the land. But before a general election potentially happens, and... Uh, Paul and myself were discussing, you know, is there an outside chance we could get one for winter? I'll just talk to you about the councils, uh, Park, because uh, we are due a council uh, election and a European elections in May of uh, 2024. So we're now 14 months outside of it. And can you tell us, is, is there any mutterings uh, starting to exist in any of the parties in the electoral areas about any potential people uh, coming to the, to the core? Any new people appearing? Yeah, well, we have just reported in today's Terrico that the East Clare Quality Counter of Fianna Fáil have got the ball rolling and they're working on um, setting a date for their selection convention, which is most likely to going to be held in April. Four candidates have been nominated um, for that selection convention nominations closed last week. Um, and three of the four are sitting councillors. We have Tony O'Brien, current Mayor of Clare, 
Alan O'Callaghan based in Kilmurray, first elected in 2014. And then we have Pat Hayes, who's long, the longest serving of the three, first elected in the late 90s. And um, the challenger to the status quo is Broadford's Matt Moroni, who, um, from what I'm led to believe, has built up a groundswell of support within Fianna Fáil. But a lot of, um, and the Fianna Fáil membership in East Clare for the counter has seen a bit of a surge, which is associated with, with Matt Maroney's plea or attempt to, to run for Fianna Fáil. Um, but there is criteria within Fianna Fáil that you have to be a member for over 13 months before you can vote the convention, and a lot of the new members won't have that vote. So it would be expected that the, the status quo in, with regards to Fianna Fáil will, will be retained there if the convention was held in April. Whereas if it was delayed to the winter time, um, then we were highly likely that um, one of the sitting councillors would be um, defeated in the selection convention. Okay, so th- th- there is that um, that level of support has been brought forward in, in the Fianna Fáil party for, for the candidate potentially for, from Broadford, that's interesting to to read about. Uh, anything else uh, in? We'll say we'll start with Killu electoral area. Anything else of, of note? Uh, is there any? You haven't heard any signs of potentially the Social Democrats coming up with anyone? That, to be honest, Luke, the the first one out of the traps is is Fianna Fáil. Um, in that regard, anything else is possibly speculation. Sinn Féin are working hard from all I'm led to believe to get a candidate in Killaloo to run. Um, they had Sean Nocton from O'Brien's Bridge um, running in the 2019 elections and he was the locus, the, lo- the youngest candidate in the entire county at the time but hasn't been as active with the party since. So they're working hard to, to field a candidate in, in East Clare and Sinn Féin are really going to target running candidates across Clare to, to build up their representation on the council. They obviously only have one rep- a representative at the minute, uh, that's Donna McGettigan and Shannon, who was co-opted to fill the seat vacated following the, the untimely passing of Mike McKee, a long, long-serving representative in Shannon. Yes. Um, so that's that's kind of what's happening there. With regards to Fine Gael in East Clare, Joe Cooney and Pat Burke more than likely will stand. Chair O'Halloran, of course, contested the 2014 and 2019 elections coming up short on both occasions. It's it's hard to know. Fine Gael will probably target running running a third candidate. And um, the Fianna Fáil councillors that we spoke to are adamant that only three can run from their side of things because running four candidates in a five seat constituency um, isn't viewed as the most um, effective from their point of view. So again, you you've seen just going through some of the candidates that ran last time. Joe Floyd ran as an independent, probably unlikely to run again. Becca Doyle um, was the Social Democrat candidate and has been slightly active within the community, but not overly active from a political sense and could put her name forward, but um, nothing concrete on that. Whereas um, Barry O'Donovan was the, was the Green Party candidate, but it's from what I can gather has defected from the Greens to the Realty Gloss splinter group. Um, so the level of support that he could garner there is... is um, somewhat unclear at, at this moment in time so it's still very early days where we're looking at may 2024 but um the work is being done at the minute um with regards to the the big parties fina fall fina gale are going to be getting their their house in order soon enough as well i'm led to believe yeah okay um just would say for the rest of the county uh park is, is there anyone you know that would say would have a, a decent enough profile uh, 
that might appear, uh, we say, as a, a potential candidate. You know, we always get this line about, you know, would we have a few celebrities or maybe a few GA personalities or anything like that? Are you hearing any mutterings out there of someone that might put themselves forward? Too early in the day, I'd say, to hear anything with regards to a left field candidate of, of that nature. Obviously, it's been well documented before that Anthony Daly has strong links to Fianna Fáil and in his autobiography had said he wouldn't rule out running for, for Dáil Éireann, but um, with regards to Councillor, I don't know would, um, will we say a celebrity candidate, would they find it too attractive because it is it's a job with a lot of work um, phone ringing from dawn to dusk Yeah, it's 3-6-5 three, three, days a year, yeah Yeah, so it's it's maybe not not the most enticing or appealing from that side of things so, um, but no no tends to the question, there hasn't been a celebrity candidate of sorts that has uh, emerged from the bushes. Okay. Well, shall we, we can watch this space for another few months, I'd say. Okay, Park, listen, that, that, that's great. Uh, any other thoughts on the political um, situation in Clare at the minute or any other topics you think are going to be prominent or that could put potential flies, flies in the ointments for our politicians in Clare over the next period of months? Um, I presume that there's always the, the possibility of a slip-up from, from any politician, as we've seen. They're very much under the microscope on all aspects of things. But I just, I guess, referring back to our four-part series, um, interesting reactions from the four of them. Obviously, the, the focus with Joe Carey for a lot of it was kind of getting his view on why he thinks he was overlooked yet again for junior ministry and the lack of a Midwest president presence um, with regards to Fine Gael governments over the last decade and more. Um, Kyle Crow, we were focusing on a number of things, possibly his rivalry with Timmy Dooley, which he claims is no rivalry, but anyone who follows social media will know there's intense competition between them to break any sort of good news first. Um, and then with Michael McNamara, it was an interesting one as well, particularly the local reaction with regards to... Um, I suppose controversy or whatnot you want to call it, with uh, land and disputes with in his his local scarif, and then Violet Van Win. The interesting reaction to that was that she brought um, a chaperone for the interview, which is something I hadn't um, encountered before. And maybe people's reaction to that is kind of questioning is is her own political viewpoint and strength. Is she you know. She, Surely, as a TD, you should be able to to deal with local media on her own. But um, just an interesting reactions to get from from the public on 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 for that. And um, as you as you said, we could there is speculation that we could have an election in the spring winter. But the initial word that I had heard was they'll get the local elections done in May 2024, and then possibly look at you know the spring winter of um, of 2024 to hold the general. Yeah, yeah, I, I suppose it, it it will be an interesting time, and of course, national topics are uh, could change that you know scenario one way or the other. We start to wonder as we're just recording today the whole scenario in relation to banking. Well, it has started off, you know, with something in the States uh, and now has gone to Credit Suisse. You know, could that come back here? It's had an effect on the share prices of some, some of the, the, uh, the uh, all the European banks and especially Irish banks as well. You know, so as you said, sometimes we can never predict what's go going to happen in, in, in the future. So, but uh, anyway, listen, time will tell. Porik, thanks a million for that. Um, I'm sure we'll be back in touch again. And uh, when, when there's more uh, murmurings, we'll say, from conventions and stuff like that, I mean, we look forward to hearing your reporting on same and we'll talk to you soon perfect thanks very much Luke.